Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknotes Morning 5 here on Friday, October 28th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Mr. Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. Buckeyes against Penn State tomorrow. We all know who the number one rival is for the Buckeyes, but there's a clear number two, and that's Penn State. Um, and Penn State always seems to get up for the Buckeyes, J-Book. It doesn't sometimes seem to matter if Ohio State is clearly a better team, especially when they go to Happy Valley. Good thing it's not a night game, but it'll still be a raucous environment, I'm sure, tomorrow afternoon. Buckeyes favored by 15 and a half. Your thoughts on this matchup, Jay Book? Yeah, I look at it as another measuring stick, Dave. This is a team that really needs to get that taste out of their mouth when it comes to the offensive line, when it comes to running the football. Michigan uh, showed their dominance over Penn State when it comes to rushing. Penn State had no answer for it. I look for Ohio State to try to bounce back and have a stellar uh, rushing attack, even though they weren't able to run the ball against Iowa. I expect Penn State to try to do something similar. But to me, Dave, I think this is a game for C.J. Stroud. It's amazing because you have part of the fan base that says he's awesome, he's great, look at the stats, look at the NFL throws. And then you also have another segment of the fan base that says he's really not that tough. Once he plays a defense that has any type of pulse, he tends to go into a turtle at times. So this is going to be one of the most – electric atmosphere he's going to play in so I'm curious to see how he responds can he start fast you know the last couple games where he played someone with a halfway deep and deep halfway decent defense when you're talking about Notre Dame and Iowa he started extremely slow so let's see if he can come out the gates blazing but I I like Ohio State to go in there grab the win Um, I have them covering we'll do our uh, prediction scores at the end but I look at this, Dave, as going to be a hard-fought battle. And as you said, Penn State always plays them tough. And I can't remember the last time Ohio State has went in there and it's not a night game. So I'm curious to see what type, what type of energy is inside that stadium. It's crazy. It's the first time since 2009 that they've played Penn State and it's not a night game. First time in 13 yeah. years that they're playing at Penn State and it's not a night game. It's crazy. Um your thoughts on Sean Clifford, Drew Aller? I mean, I know there was some talk that Clifford might be benched, then he actually played pretty well against Minnesota. But Minnesota didn't have their starting quarterback, which I know Clifford wasn't playing against their offense. My point is that that really hurt Minnesota. It took them completely out of their game because Tanner Morgan's not a great quarterback, but he's a good quarterback, six-year senior, and they had to start a true freshman. So your thoughts on Clifford? Uh, if he struggles or you think we might see the true freshman from Ohio, Drew Aller? I think it's going to be a situation to where James Franklin, he act like he really doesn't want to play the freshman here, Dave. He he really relies on that six-year experience. Sean Clifford, he's just a mid-quarterback. He's not going to do anything that I think that's going to hurt this Ohio State defense. I think Jim Knowles is going to throw a lot at him. Uh, he's good for at least throwing one up for grabs there. Or if Ohio State can continue to get pressure up front without blitzing, that's going to be huge. They have a, a you know young young freshman running backs who are extremely talented but still extremely inexperienced. If the game gets out of hand, Dave, I can see Aller coming in. But 
I, I can see James Franklin riding with his veteran guy, knowing that the last thing that you want to do is throw a true freshman to the wolves against this Ohio State defense. So I, I look at Sean Clifford as just being a so-so guy that's not really going to make a huge impact on the game. Um, he will make some plays. Don't get me wrong. You saw the play against Michigan when they were absolutely buried and he broke off a 60-plus yard run to get them down into the red zone and actually cut the game to, I think, maybe one score before the half because of his legs. So he will make a play. I just don't think he's talented enough to take over the game to put Penn State over the top. All right, let's get into this. Uh, what are you hearing about Jackson Smith and Jigba? What are your vibes? Obviously, the company line is, uh, you know, they're hoping he's going to play. Ryan Day was not going to give any injury updates yesterday. We'll get the availability report tomorrow morning. Um, I don't have a good vibe here. I've heard from a source. I, I don't like what I'm hearing here. Um, hopefully, he can come back, obviously. What are you hearing? What's your gut feeling? I mean, just look at what happened in the game, Dave. They can go up to the podium and spin it all they want to and say that, he was on a pitch count. He was eager to get back in. You can see when the camera zoomed into him that he was limping. <laughs> uh, it, 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 to me, it looks like he potentially, you know, re-injured that hamstring. If the guy is healthy um, and there's no situations to where, you know, there's no issues, you wouldn't be hearing the whispers that your sources are saying and other beat reporters that are covering house, they are kind of throwing it out there saying, uh, he may have had a potential setback. But if you just watched the game when he was in there, you can see he was slipping. Even the broadcast even pointed it out that he doesn't look right. Uh, hopefully he can get himself together. I don't know what this means in regards to his future, but it sure would be nice to have him back for the Michigan game, potentially the playoffs if they're able to make it that far. So hopefully he can uh, rehab it. But hamstring injuries, Dave, we talked about it on here. We talked about it on spaces. All it takes is one sudden movement and boom, that thing is re-injured. You can rehab for three or four weeks and think you're good to go. And then you make a, an explosive football move and that thing gives out on you. So hopefully JSN can uh, get himself together. What his future holds for Ohio State is to be determined. Yep, well said. Um, again, I'm not hearing good things, but I just hope I'm wrong. Um, if somebody's saying that Jackson should just sit out until the Michigan game. Yeah, I mean, but then he, you know, if you plan on playing him then and then he's out there for two plays and he gets re-injured, that kind of throws things off. So I don't know what's going to happen, but um, don't have a good feeling about it. All right, um, let's get into this. Buckeyes have the number two total defense in the country. I love that. <laughs> um, they were 59th in the country last year. And, yeah, they haven't played any good offenses this year. But look back to last year. They didn't play many good offenses last year, and they're ranked 59th. Yeah. Um, so Jim Knowles is getting it done. But uh, tomorrow will be their, their toughest test. Penn State's not a great offense, but it'll still be the best offense they've faced. Penn State's 49th in the country in total offense. So far, Jay Book, the best offense they've faced is Toledo, who is 65th in the country in total offense. Now, Penn State does have the number 20 scoring offense. So they've been pretty good in the red zone. but. Um, so, excuse me, Penn State has the number 39 scoring offense, number 49 total offense. So, not a great offense, but still the best the Ohio State will have seen this year. Well, how good is this Ohio State defense, in your opinion? I think they're elite, Dave. I mean, I, you go on social media, you listen to the radio, you see the college football talk shows. You know, the, the narrative that everybody wants to spin is this Ohio State team hasn't played anyone. And like I said on Twitter, yeah, they may not have played anyone, but they've played the same group of teams 
over the last two years, and I sit here and watch over the last two years, these same teams absolutely gut this Ohio State defense. I mean, there were areas where they were ranked in the hundreds. Um, so to me, if you're telling me, hey, this is a top five defense against the same caliber of competition to where they were getting torched, I'm taking that all day, every day, Dave. And right now, I think it was uh, I think it was a, a stat that's floating around that Ohio State is number one in college football when it comes to getting pressure without the blitz. So right there tells me that the defensive line may not have the golly stat numbers when it comes to sacks, but they're creating pressure. They're allowing Tommy to play free. He's running free. You're getting excellent linebacker play. On top of that, there's not a duo trio of safeties that are playing as well as Tanner McAllister, Leighton Ransom, and Ronnie Hickman. I got to remember to to include Ronnie Hickman because a lot of Buckeye fans got on me this week when I said the safety uh, play of Ransom and McAllister duo is second to none. But there's no one in the country that is playing at an elite level like them. We don't know what the situation is with the cornerback position, Dave, because Iowa was so atrocious at throwing the football. So hopefully over the all uh, during the bye week that they were able to get some of their technique and stuff down. But overall, front to back, I love what I'm seeing from them. I still think Jim Knowles has a lot left in the playbook. If he's able to get home and create pressure without actually blitzing, I think that he has a lot up his sleeve. And maybe, just maybe, he's holding some back for Michigan. I think they're holding stuff back for Michigan on both sides of the ball. And I'm sure Michigan's holding some stuff back for Ohio State, too. That's part of the part of the deal with the game. Um, Jim Trestle was the master of that. He was the absolute master of holding things back for Michigan. Um, showing something that they, you know, certain formation, they always go right, always go right. And then against Michigan, boom, they go left. Um, and the exact same formation they've ran 100 times. Um, little stuff like that. That's really not little. All right, one thing that's kind of like slid under the radar this week the 2023 schedule was released. Obviously, we're all focused on this year because, you know, it feels like national championship or bust. As you correctly said during the offseason, Jay Book, and you got me on that train finally. Um, I'm usually not a national championship or bust guy, but I am this year for the Buckeyes. So I'm curious your thoughts on the 2023 schedule. We know they're going to play the six teams from the East. So, um, you know, the interesting part here, the non-conference schedule at Notre Dame, this is not in order. They play Notre Dame the fourth week of the season next year. They actually open with Indiana mm-hmm. on the road. Um, so your thoughts on the non-conference slate, Notre Dame, Western Kentucky, Youngstown State, Jim Trestle going out the door as Youngstown State's president, getting that, that money game in for, for the Penguins. I, no problem with Jim Trestle doing that on his way out the door as Youngstown State's president before he retires. And then the crossover games, man, are no joke. Purdue, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. Your thoughts on the Buckeye schedule next year, which was released earlier this week? I expect Ohio State to be right there in playoff contention. Um, you know, you look at the non, non, non-conference schedule, they should run through that. When it comes to the actual Big Ten, um, you know, they should be able to handle it. And opening it up at Indiana is going to be fun. Uh, you know, that's going to be a game to where they're going to be up for that. But I just look at Ohio State schedule and there's nothing that really, you know, concerns me as far as landmines. I look at it as this is the most talented team in the Big Ten, regardless on how they stack the schedule up on when they play away, when they play at home, they should go out there and dominate. That's why you that's why you have top five classes after top five classes is so that you can go out there and put the foot on anybody's throat that you come up against. Let's get to some questions here. Um, curious about this one. 
Well, this one, though, we'll start with this one. This is uh, from Facebook. Charles is pork chop playing. Yeah, from everything I understand, he's playing. Are you hearing anything bad about pork chop? Where's that coming I'm, from? I'm not hearing anything um, that says he's not playing. Yeah, okay. I want to make sure I wasn't missing something there. I mean, I only, I only covered the team. I thought I, I probably would have heard something about that. Um, this is a question for me, but well, I'm going to get J-Book's take on this as well. This is from Buckeye80. Dave, has anyone asked Ryan Day why CJ doesn't run the ball? I said something on the podcast last Saturday, and you agreed. Yeah, I mean, I've asked him that before. This year, I don't want to say we haven't bothered asking him. It's just because we kept getting the same answer last year. It's like, oh, he'll run when he needs to. It's like, uh, will he, though? I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. Now, he's made some plays, like, on the run this year. Great play. Rolling out. We remember the unbelievable throw to Mayan Williams in the Notre Dame game. There's some, some other ones, so like Julian Fleming, Marvin Harrison. So, it's not that he's not mobile. It's just actual having that dog running the ball when he actually needs to. Um how big of a concern is that? You think CJ? Do you believe Ryan Day when he says, "Oh, he'll do it when he needs to"? I mean, I don't know. We really haven't seen it that much. No, no. CJ's allergic to running north and south, Dave. <laughs> when it, if the the I saw pictures and screenshots of the Iowa game where literally the Mike linebacker was robbing about twenty to twenty five yards down the field. It was just an open lane. Just he could easily just run ten yards and slide. He refuses to do it. I don't understand it. I don't know why he doesn't do it. It was a talking point in the offseason. Those are hidden yards. If if it's third and five, instead of trying to make the NFL throw and it has to be on target, just run the ball, son. It's open green. Just run the ball and get down. I At this point, Dave, I don't know if it's mental. Uh, he just scared to get hit when it comes to running. I don't, I don't know what the problem is, but that right there is something that everyone in Buckeye Nation wished that he would actually do. It would keep the defense honest um, because right now teams know that he's not going to run on his own read. They know he's not going to run if the lane parts open for him. So what they're doing is just dropping uh, robbers in the middle and forcing him to make elite level throws when it doesn't have to be that hard here's one um but this is from where goes one do we think jackson smith and jigba will be back next season if he is out the rest of this season from where goes one on youtube no i i think he's gone regardless i i think he showed enough last year where he'd still be a first round pick now he, i'm not saying he'd be like a top 10 pick or anything but i still think he'd be a first round pick jonah what do you think i think he i think he's going to the nfl mm -hmm. um I had, you know, a while ago, I, I had a private conversation with his with his brother. It's just kind of lighthearted, nothing that, you know, I shouldn't share. But it was just like he was laughing about the NFL contracts that these wide receivers were signing. Um, and it was just absolutely ridiculous, this NFL offseason. He was just saying his brother's like, it's a great time to be an elite level wide receiver when you look at these NFL contracts that they're that they're signing. So to me, I, I think. He's gone. Uh, he's going to get first round money. Go ahead and get that first contract started. Uh, and then at that point, he, he'll be in line for hundreds of millions of dollars of a contract extension. We got people out there trying to get you to take Tim Walton's job. When is Jay no. going to coach our corners? I don't, need to, I, don't need, I don't need to stress. <laughs> I mean, they, hey, the, the pay is tremendous, man. But hey, I enjoy sitting on my couch having a cold and watching the game with you boys exactly you're uh you know you're living the good life right i mean you know you're comfortable there in uh, scottsdale arizona just chilling out i mean you got a good job you don't need like a, this this super <laughs> stressful job man uh mm -hmm. this is for j book from c brown 
Um, Jay Book, any concerns with Ohio State's corners versus Penn State's wide receivers tomorrow? I'm always concerned about the corners um, until they actually prove that they've gotten their stuff together when it comes to their techniques because Iowa wasn't going to test them. That was the worst passing offense in the country. But when it comes to the corners, I just need to see that their technique is better. They're actually finding a ball in the air. That was one of the, the big issues weeks one through five, weeks one through six is where those 50-50 balls were more like 70-30 balls, 80-20 balls. The offense was even uh, – they were either getting a pass interference penalty called on us or they were catching those jump balls. So until I see improvement, it will be a concern for me because as you get down the line, if you happen to run up against a Tennessee or an Alabama – or even in Georgia, those 50-50 balls, they have to be one. Um, you know, I know a lot of defensive back coaches want to teach the eye to the hand technique to where when the wide receiver looks for the ball, you know, you try to punch through their hands um, to try to get the ball out. But right now, <laughs> you're not seeing any of the techniques that typically defensive back coaches, I mean, Denzel Burke out there doing the flying squirrel to try to get the balls down. That is definitely something that I know they're not teaching at Ohio State. So hopefully against Penn State, those guys show a little bit more grit, a um, little bit more effort, and that technique is a little bit more clean. Question here from Joey on Facebook. Can we expect to see more of Mike Hall? I think so. He's been on like a, a pitch count basically in a game like this. I want to see Mike Hall out there a lot now. I love the way Teron Vincent's playing. Um, I think the two best D tackles are Teron Vincent and Mike Hall. Not in that order. I think Mike Hall's the best, then Teron. Um, they've been starting Jerron Cage, and he's actually been playing pretty well. Uh, but I think this is the day. I think tomorrow Mike Hall's going to start and play more snaps. What do you think, JB? Yeah, hope so. I mean, I think he's a wrecker in there. If he's healthy, there shouldn't be any reason why he doesn't get unleashed against Penn State. I think that Penn State um, offensive line can be had. Mike Hall is just a difference maker. He is a he is a guy that is showing that he has all Big Ten type of potential, even all American potential down the line. So as long as he's healthy, then let that man go to work because when he gets in that mode to where he wants to dominate, he is going to kick somebody's butt and hopefully it's Penn State this weekend. That's right. That's absolutely right. Great stuff as always from Jonah Booker. Really appreciate it. Thank you to everybody for tuning in. Appreciate you guys very much. We know you have a lot of choices in the Buckeye podcast universe and appreciate you guys making the Bucknuts Morning 5 a part of your Monday, Monday through Friday. Great stuff from Jonah Booker. Jonah's actually going to join me on tomorrow's post-game podcast. Really appreciate that, friend. I'll be coming to you live right after the game. Uh, so Jay Book's going to join me early in the show. Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon will join live from Beaver Stadium. So join me for our post-game podcast, What We Learned Live, immediately following Ohio State's win over Penn State tomorrow. Thanks again to Jay Book. Thanks to all of you. Really appreciate it. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Enjoy the game tomorrow, Bucknutters. Nutters.